0: good uh you want to know what i did yesterday uh which was like one of my favorite things that i've done so far yeah is had a crêpe party for Chandelure. Um it's
1: crêpe day isn't it
0: it's not it's not crêpe day it's oh. it's it's called candlemas it's a religious holiday but i just pulled up an article that says pourquoi fait-on des crêpes à chandeleur? so like what why do we do creps for Chandler. and anything I, I think <laughs> okay oh okay because because the round shape of a crepe imitates the shape of the sun and I guess it's like about kind of like the se- like the season changing I don't I don't know honestly we we okay. still have to get to the bottom of this um I had a crepe on Saturday not oh, for Chandelier
1: but um just coincidentally.
0: You know what I bet it is? I bet they did something really big up in like Brittany where crepes are originally from for Chandelier mm-hmm. and then it became like known as their holiday and so then because we also drink cider and cider is like typically from north the northern part of France. So the mystery still remains unsolved, but I love That's what I was doing yesterday. Position. I was having a party in the middle of the day, which is exactly the kind of party that I like where there's food, <laughs> cider, and it ends before the sun goes down. So, on yeah. a Sunday, too. That's pretty on cool. On a Sunday, which you know what? I found out is kind of a great time for like an afternoon like tea party because Everyone's kind of depressed. Like no one wants to, no one, no one wants to just like hang out by themselves on on Sunday afternoon. So it's a great time to have yeah. people over. Yeah, so, yeah.
1: My family, my family always has like family gatherings on Sunday. Exactly, and it's always fun. Mm-hmm. Um, that's lovely. I think I had something to say, but I don't remember. But that that's a lovely Sunday, and I also just love. The tradition of crepes and cider. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was gonna ask, um, what is your favorite crepe filling or galette? That's, Do you eat galettes it, en chandeleur, or is it just?
0: Uh, we just ate crepes but I, I guess you could also have galette, which are like the salty crepes. Actually, you know what? I there's a there's a place that is right by where I live that does galettes and they have really great. They have really great fillings, and they have like the really good quality. Um, I guess they're made out of buckwheat, right? Is it? Yeah, is it buckwheat. buckwheat. They're mm-hmm. really good buckwheat crepes, and I had one with like goat cheese and pesto. Oh, chef's kiss! That so good, so good, so good. I can't even explain. So yeah, next time you come to Paris, I'm, I'm I'm sending you the way of the of of the pesto and, and goat cheese crepes, but lovely yeah so that was that was my weekend what's what's new and popping on your side um, of, uh, <laughs> of the connect can- can- l- can- I was gonna say the the canal what is it what is what is it's the canal, channel it's <laughs> the English channel <laughs>
1: yep the canal
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> what's new on your side of the English channel
1: um wow that's a fun catchphrase. What's new on the other side of the English channel? Mm-hmm. Um A lot is new, but none of it's like particularly happy, as you know. <laughs> um yeah. so um I had a nice weekend. I saw my friends play. I saw their band play. Um and then Incredible. on what kind of music?
0: What kind of genre?
1: It's like so alt indie alt
0: love. You know,
1: just like the typical British band. Um and then on Saturday went with my flatmate to view another flat which I probably won't be living in because I think I'm going to move back to the US. Um haha. <laughs> and then from there we went to this like market which had a vintage market inside of it. And then obviously lots of food vendors, lots of fun little handmade jewelry. I got this evil eye bracelet. Oh, I got this evil eye bracelet. Yesterday I had such a Sunday Sunday of like crying and existential dread. And then I was like, no, I'm going to turn this day around. And I started cleaning and I started crying again. And then I cleaned more. And I cleaned our entire kitchen. And now our kitchen
0: is dirty again. <laughs> yeah. Fine. The kitchen, it's its very hard to keep a kitchen clean.
1: I just, yeah. It wasn't a very exciting weekend. Um, it was quite That's emotional, fine. taxing, and just a lot of, like, honestly, a lot of crying. Um, I've been really upset because of my breakup. But... Um my therapist gave me this meditation which I haven't done but mm-hmm. it's about like nurturing your feelings instead of avoiding them. So mm-hmm. I've been trying to like feel my feels and actually process everything. Yeah. But I've just been crying.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think um, I've I've definitely yeah. noticed recently like within the last year that I mean, I've probably known I I very much am the person who like judges my feelings and is sad that I'm sad or angry that I'm angry. You know what I mean? Yeah. Without just letting myself feel those things. And as soon as I or or even like something that I if I if I feel um, conflicted about something, I really hate feeling conflicted. And so I go straight to like judgment and anger that I am feeling conflicted. And as soon mm-hmm. as I just accepted that, I'm like, oh, this is this is like a funny situation that I'm feeling a lot of feelings about. All yeah. of a sudden, things do tend to get better. It doesn't like take away anything, but it's always those like compounding emotions that make things a thousand times worse because it's like exponential emotions, you know?
1: Definitely. It's a lot of pileup. I feel that way
0: about shame.
1: Like mm-hmm. I always feel very shameful when things that I perceive as bad things happen to me Mm, and mm. I think that shame really prevents me from feeling just sad you know Mm -hmm. um and also because I cry to cope with Mm -hmm. everything Mm -hmm. but from a young age that was always kind of reprimanded Mm -hmm. I was never really allowed to cry and so then Mm -hmm. I just feel ashamed that I'm crying at three um which everyone
0: but everyone cries. Everyone, <laughs> everyone cries.
1: Thing. Some of us way more than others. But <laughs> um, yeah, I some definitely of us are drowning in tears. <laughs> some of us truly. My first grade teacher would always say that she was going to collect my tears and water her garden with them. And I truly feel like I could water my dying tulips with my tears from this weekend. Girl, um, you got to stay
0: hydrated with all that crying. <laughs>
1: I know. I'm I was so dehydrated also because I was drinking and so mm-hmm. it was just like no water in my system. But today's a new day. Today's a new
0: day. It is. It is indeed. Period. I'm still sad though. <laughs> <laughs> I I get that. I also I don't know how badly you experience it. I have like really bad PMS. Like I don't know mm. what level it has to be for you to have like what is it? Is it called PMD, PMDD, something like that? Oh yeah.
1: Premenstrual dysphoria, something.
0: mm -hmm. something. I get really depressed. This time was actually not like this time was notably not as bad and it's still like, it's still, I feel like so apocalyptic every time I'm about to have my period. It's just, I mean, it's not too much of a problem in my life, but it's so annoying that you're, you know, I'm like, I feel like everything's about to shut down. I'm like the most depressed I ever am right before my period. And then, Mm -hmm. and then I'm fine afterwards. Oh, well, you know, big whoop, but it just, it throws me for a loop. Um, I used to,
1: I used to have such bad PMS, like my anxiety. mm -hmm. I I would think I was going to die from my Mm -hmm. anxiety um, Mm -hmm. before I would get my period. Like I thought that like everyone was going to abandon me i thought that everything was going to go wrong i was mm-hmm. convinced that like my life was over every single month like yeah. and then i would get my period and it would be better yeah um i was talking to my friend yesterday one of my best friends who I don't talk to as often as I should. But she told me that she did dry January and to go ah. back to our previous episode, she confirmed everything that we said.
0: Yeah. Oh, well, of cu- of course.
1: Yeah. <laughs> she was saying that like nothing is nothing about restriction is healthy. We talked about that. Um she was saying that like Although, exactly. Like, I, mean,
0: I feel like I feel like that that deserves like an asterisk because it's I mean, restriction isn't healthy in terms of like what you're putting into your body. However, if you if you do have a substance use disorder, abstinence can be helpful. So it, it, abstinence is maybe a form of restriction, but different than the kind of restriction that we're talking about. I think it's completely different.
1: I think abstinence has an ulterior motive. Well, mm-hmm. they both have ulterior motives, but like a positive ulterior motive, like altrui- altruistic. At the mm-hmm. very least, whereas restriction is, you are going against your natural habits and natural desires, mm-hmm. and not allowing yourself to—I don't know—just causing yourself extra anxiety and anguish. Yeah, Um, but I, I do agree. The, if you if if there's substance use disorder, there of course avoid substances. But um, but yeah, what did your friend have her, to say- Oh yeah for her it just led to like a massive not a I don't want to use the word binge but um she just let it all out this past weekend Mm -hmm. um drank heavily um what else and she was saying that for someone who doesn't really struggle with her relationship with alcohol it was kind of annoying not being able to like have a drink yeah or like go out with coworkers for a drink Mm -hmm. um But on the opposite side of that, she said it was great having productive weekends and like waking up early on Saturdays and stuff. And she Mm -hmm. did it because she was applying to grad school and her boyfriend did it with her Mm -hmm. because he was studying for the LSAT. Okay. And so I think it was it was good for them, but she definitely didn't love the feeling of restriction, didn't feel like it was really for her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just everything that we said in the last episode about it, she definitely agreed with. Case closed. We were right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> From this one person, I think that that proves our point, yeah,
0: yeah. and and I mean, yeah, like we said, it's like it's something that if you can bring more mindfulness to your like to your habits. practice of drinking alcohol or ha- or habits in general and and especially anything, I don't know, alcohol is a really tricky and loaded one because it is technically a poison that we put into our bodies to change our mental state but like our I mean all our friends drink alcohol I mean we both drink alcohol it's like it's something that you just do as a social thing and so I think sober people probably feel that there's I I think I think sober people probably have a difficult time sometimes with the way in which it's so ubiquitous I
1: think probably the transition from drinking to sobriety has a lot of that. And it's not just, Mm -hmm. especially in both of our countries, it's not just youth, like in both England and France, it's It's up until elderly, like Uh drinking is a massive part of the culture. Yeah. Um, And I think something that France does well is moderation. um, For sure. Yeah. In all aspects, but that's, that's a whole nother topic
0: <laughs> that is a whole I was I was just reading something about um, something specifically about like the French drinking culture and how it's much more moderated and it's much more like you drink over a long period of time you don't kind of go for that like pre-game four shots in a row or whatever um, yeah like I did in college <laughs> which was <laughs> not, not good on the mind or body yeah uh, but yeah dry january um totally switching uh did you watch the Grammys? No, but
1: I saw that Harry Styles one album of the year, and it's just so disappointing and yeah, I don't know you're, I you're, just, about
0: to, you're about to piss off a lot of harry styles what what are what are Harry Styles fans called just harry i don't
1: I don't care I just
0: It's not it is a
1: bit about Harry Styles because we know I just am not I'm not there with the crowds, but um it's just about seeing another white man queer baiting, not really taking a firm stance on anything, like fluid in every sense of the word, spineless.
0: Which is why people like winning, which is why people like him, though, to be fair. People are about they they love his androgynous vibes. I I don't know what to tell you.
1: Well, okay, but, androgyny aside, he doesn't stand for anything. Like any time, like.
0: But then, then again, he okay, doesn't take to play a the devil on adv- anything, to take to to be the devil's advocate. Do we want celebrities taking stands? I, yes.
1: No, I don't think so. Because if you have such a big platform, if you reach millions yeah. and millions of people, billions probably. Why would you of, not use that for good? Why would you just I, be a figurehead?
0: It's true. It's true. You, you you can definitely say that they can use it for good, but I do think we should like kind of leave like the songy songs and the dancey dance to the sing songwriters and dancers, and then like I like listen to other people about <laughs> the serious stuff. But I I do understand the perspective that yeah he he yeah he, I don't but that's. Uh, I mean, Look, if you're going to have that much influence
1: and you're going to have that much money and you're going to have that much power, along with it comes the responsibility to do something.
0: Does he not even have a charity? They all have charities, right? He I has don't think he has a charity.
1: He doesn't like... Come on. Even, you in, ha- he even Lauren, even in drama, even in stuff that's like, e- stuff that doesn't matter, like the yeah. James Corden or his ex, whatever, whatever, he doesn't even take a stance in that, like I've seen so much about him just disappearing into the background of drama. Like, he doesn't even have a side in his own life. He's literally just a facade. He's a facade with an open mouth that music comes out of.
0: I'm sorry. That's that's what i really mean to Harry Styles. (laughs) But I will say, I, I think that that is kind of the draw. Like, I really think that he is the person that everyone can project their idea of who he is onto him, which is every celebrity. But yeah, yes, but there are celebrities like that him. are taking stands and and having charities and doing doing progressive things. But I I respect that he kind of leaves it to the experts. Um. In any case, I wish Harry Styles won album album of the year. I'm not done. <laughs> I'm not done I'm a hairy on the Harry
1: rant. It goes back. No, it just friend. all, it ties back to like music awards favoring white male artists. You know, mm-hmm. Lizzo, Lizzo was there. Why didn't Lizzo win album of the year? I think she was nominated. She won something. Also, she won something. I'm, I'm particularly bitter because Charlie XCX's crash wasn't even nominated. Damn. And I do think that was significantly better than whatever Harry's house or whatever it was called. I just yeah I have thoughts on
0: mm-hmm. him and uh, anyway I mean, okay I you think go I'm off banned. okay okay but I want to know who else won oh the main thing that I saw when I woke up and was on Twitter this morning was <laughs> um there is like Bad Bunny was like singing in Spanish and the subtitles were just like sings in non-English <laughs> Oh and someone called to there like they're like, you go, Benito, sing in non-English. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, um. um, what's the difference between a, a record and an album? Explain that. I don't are <laughs> there differences. Who won record of the year? Lizzo. But she didn't? What? Oh, I guess record is just song like songs? Yeah. What did she win for? About Damn Time won mm. Best Record. And then Pop Duo, Unholy, Sam Smith, and Kim oh, Petris Really? Winning. Yes. So, yeah, go pick Kim but Kim Petras she... and your coconuts, <laughs> yeah. you can good put them in her. your mouth.
1: <laughs> good for, good, amazing for the trans and queer communities, but Kim Petras is not exactly the best representation. I don't know because anything
0: about Kim Petras except for the song "Coconut." She
1: like defended an abuser at one point. Mm. Yeah, or this, some... see
0: once again, this is why we don't want celebrities standing up for things. This is why just just sing and dance and and be our little circus monkeys. I mean, yeah, I don't yeah, know. no,
1: I'm fine. I'm fine with that because also Kim Petras is not as massive as Harry Styles. True, but like come i i'm
0: not gonna get into it again i'm not i there's cannot a so- get into wait it again. there's there's a there's a winning song for social change uh, that must be a new category <laughs> they I mean, heard me they heard me <laughs> they heard you complaining about not enough social change by harry Styles. So they yeah um i'm
1: not saying he has to like change the world i'm just saying like say i mean he did hold up like a free iran flag but like come on do a bit more than that you know, yeah, like a that's a bit, bit basic.
0: That's a bit. That's a bit. Yeah.
1: Um. Anyway. Anyway. Okay. So. Anyway. Grammys. Pop solo. Easy on
0: me. Congrats, Adele. Always gonna. Oh, good. Okay. Anyway. So there you have it. Lots of um, lots of, um, Motomami winning, Latin rock and alternative oh, album. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm just I'm just scrolling through here because I did not watch and yeah. only saw snippets on 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 Twitter about singing in non-English. So uh, shall we <laughs> That's get a into lot it? of intro. That's a lot of intro for a um completely a unrelated, unrelated episode. Yeah, a very unrelated
1: topic that we're tackling here today.
0: Well, I guess
1: some people call music their online therapy, right?
0: I guess. I don't he know who would ever. Me. I don't know <laughs> who if would call music their online therapy. So many people would. Are you kidding me? All the fangirl Twitter. All fangirl Twitter
1: being like, like I saved his music because he saved my life. About <laughs> Harry Styles. True. True to do to do. Yeah. 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 Harry Styles saying nothing. <laughs> Saving people's lives, apparently. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I don't know.
0: Um, okay, but real, 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 research topic developed, um, online-based, well, debatable, debatable that it's research-based.
1: So, well, it depends on. Well, okay, yeah, depends. We'll it. Yeah, I have a feeling we're gonna. <laughs> we're gonna I, I, I have a feeling we're gonna disagree.
0: Um, you think? Yeah, because because what you're an online therapy stand. <laughs> I research shows that it is successful. <laughs> no, I don't agree. I, I I don't disagree that it's that it can be successful. But OK, so let's do a quick intro. What we want to talk about is we want to talk about all the huge rise of both online therapy and online, let's say, therapeutic therapists, <laughs> yeah, therapists but also like online therapeutic resources and self-help apps, whatnot. Especially with the rise of telemedicine, because twenty twenty really changed everything. And so, when when you go yeah. back and look at like specifically how people were are prescribed medicine, um, there were huge limits on telehealth as um, and it's like prescribing ability. Because yeah, before twenty twenty, you actually had to do one session in person before a telehealth provider could provide you with a prescription. And that was nationwide um, because of a specific act where a, a teen died of an overdose on Vicodin from um, from being prescribed by, by tel- uh, a telehealth provider. So that was like the standard. And then in 2020, so many health providers had to go, you know, telemedicine. And they changed the rules. So now you can be prescribed something by just chatting with a doctor or nurse practitioner. I guess only doctors can prescribe, but you you can also yeah, like only go and talk to nurse practitioners online. So now a lot of both therapists who are like non-prescribing therapists, as well as psychiatrists or doctors who can prescribe you medication are using online resources to help their patients. Well, this is like
1: I'm seeing now multiple topics. Well, obviously, there's going to be multiple topics, but like that is very separate to online therapy, which is separate to virtual therapy, which is separate to self-help, which is separate to therapy. Can you
0: describe what the difference between online and virtual therapy is?
1: Yeah. Well, so online therapy, I think of as like Internet-based therapies. Mm -hmm. So... Without a therapist, and then virtual therapy, oh, okay. I think of as like what I do with my therapist, would yeah, like yeah, zoom yeah.
0: therapy, yeah, Zoom uh, therapy. I guess yeah, online just, therapy. Like I wouldn't. That. I I feel like online therapy is a bit of a an oxymoron because I feel like you can't get therapy without a therapist. Personally, I think I think, think depends, other people would disagree. Though.
1: I I disagree because honestly, I mean, okay, I think technically you can. Because CBT, especially CBT and mindfulness, those two things can be taught without having a specialist there. Um, especially like basic level CBT, noticing your thoughts and reframing them. You don't need someone to tell you to do that.
0: Yeah, I, I would the categorize therapist- that as like a therapeutic resource. But yeah, you can so call that it is therapy. Like that is CBT. yeah. I, that's it gets it gets down to semantics what you want to call it I mean, because I, I don't know if there's like a a definition right like but research is there a,
1: shows it's effective like yeah but it, is there like it, is there
0: a DSM definition for therapy
1: that's a good question um, I don't really think the DSM tackles therapy I think it's mm-hmm. just psychology like psychiatric just, disorders yeah disorders um, but I my definition of anything that's therapy is something that helps you cope with your symptoms and research shows that internet-based cbt is very effective for reducing symptoms that being said i think the role of the therapist is integral because i could not do it without my therapist and a mm-hmm. huge issue in internet in all of therapy but specifically internet-based cbt mindfulness programs is attrition or dropout mm-hmm. rates is people just don't stick with it mm-hmm. um because i mean there's this issue in therapy in (laughs) in person to person therapy Mm
0: -hmm. where
1: clients will get all excited in the session to like do their homework and get better and the therapist is great for that and increasing that motivation but three days later you don't have your therapist anymore Mm -hmm. you're not going to be motivated so how is that going to translate to an app for example like you're not gonna stay motivated. Um, and well, motivation- I think that's what
0: apps would argue is like. I think apps would say, "Oh, well, we can send you notifications every day so that you yeah. do keep up the work." So I I wish they worked better than they prompt or or as as much as they promise because I think mm-hmm. that they have these really big sells and really big promises without. Helping as much as purported, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. I mean, what makes you say that they don't help?
0: I guess a lot of what I've been reading about is the type of therapy where they prescribe you medicine, because I think that's Mm -hmm. what a lot more people are accessing, especially, I mean, pre pandemic, but also during the pandemic. I mean, we saw a huge rise in people getting diagnosed with uh, mental health disorders. I mean, because of how traumatizing the pandemic was, we saw a huge yeah. rise in these like telemedicine providers trying to provide Adderall and Ritalin and Xanax and like very serious psychotropic medicines. And that's where I think there's a lot of issues because I just, I I really doubt how efficient they can be or not even how efficient, but how accurate uh, a Doctor can um, kind of diagnose and prescribe you, having only met you online, um, yeah. and I all agree. the different factors that go into treatment. That is very difficult to access, just kind of screen to screen. That's what I've done the oh. majority of, of the research on. That's but- t- that's totally cool because I I don't know
1: that much about mm-hmm. online psychiatry. Um, I I'm more well versed in internet-based yeah. cognitive and mindfulness therapy programs. Yeah, yeah, very true. So let's talk about um, psych- psychiatry in general is such a touchy and individualized yeah. field because you're not just dealing with the the neurobiological medication. You're also dealing with a lot of physical side effects Totally. Personal reactions to medication that you can't always predict. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of those side effects affect your mental health. Like if you're nauseous all the time, you're not going to be focused on being social and yeah. bettering your depression through socializing. You know, you're going to be focused on, oh, my God, I feel so, so ill. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and so I think taking it to an online setting has its pros and cons, definitely. For sure. So what were some of the negatives that you were reading about?
0: Yeah. So I read, I think you'll find the article on um, like psychedelic telemedicine the most interesting because a lot of, now that we've seen a ton of ketamine clinics popping up, a lot of them are going virtual, uh, which Mm -hmm. I, I have mixed feelings about because ketamine is a a fairly safe drug, if you don't have high blood pressure or any pre-existing conditions. A lot of people you have used it in like hospital settings for anesthesia. It's quite ubiquitous. Unless you overuse it, you're not generally going to have a lot of problems. So, yes. I see why it could be helpful for like telemedicine and the psychedelic telemedicines to just have a a kind of screen interaction with a doctor and then send the ketamine to your house as, and you use it as prescribed. However, there's, I, I think that it's always better to do it in like a controlled environment where yeah. your blood pressure can be monitored because you're probably not going to be able to measure your blood pressure yourself. And that's yeah. a, a side effect of ketamine is that it raises your blood pressure. Uh, and it's like, it's very, it can have really big, like mental impacts, you know, you can have a completely dissociative state. Mm -hmm. And the article that I was reading was about specifically about all the complaints of the customers of Mindbloom, which is a huge psychedelic startup, like scaled massively in the last couple of years. And so they had like a lack of clinicians, people paid up front and didn't get you know, matched with a clinician or with a guide. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. One time they sent someone the wrong measurement. And so he took 900 milligrams of ketamine, which is Jeez. not like <laughs> not you're supposed to take. Um, and, and like no. uh, if you're on your own and you don't kind of in good faith, they tell you to have someone who is kind of like your trip sitter, I guess. If you don't have that person, you can put yourself in danger. So there's just like, there's a lot of issues that can come up specifically with that because it is a psychedelic medicine, but with other strong medicines like benzodiazepines, um, Xanax, or with um, amphetamines like Ritalin or Adderall, you can have you know issues with prescribing. Uh, same issue with access. I know there's an Adderall shortage in the US. So
1: oh, I, I didn't just not know think that.
0: that. Yes, yes. And I think a, a big part of it is that all these virtual startups – in 2020, just capitalized on the fact that people were struggling with their mental health as a result yeah. of the pandemic and said, okay, we can prescribe you Adderall in 20 minutes. Like they literally advertise that like, or yeah. in like an hour, Ugh. like log on, find a doctor, get prescribed. That's not how medicine is supposed to work. Like that's just so, I feel like that's a HIPAA violation.
1: I mean, yeah, there is there's definitely a drug epidemic and an mm-hmm. overprescription of medication going on. Um, especially, it really does not sit well with me that you can get virtual psychedelics or not virtual psychedelics, but you can virtually acquire psychedelics. Um, just because I don't think sublingual ketamine is advanced enough to where we should just be sending it to people, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. I think it's super useful as a complement to, um, in hospital ketamine treatments mm-hmm. and ketamine IVs, but it really scares me to know that people can just do that. And yeah. I, I'm a ketamine Stan. Like mm-hmm. I, <laughs> we both are. So <laughs> like, I just, I, it's so fascinating. It is so revolutionary. It is so helpful. It is saving lives, mm-hmm. but I think the caution surrounding it is what makes it so useful. You know, I love that it's getting more and more accessible as well. Like I love that there are clinics that you can go to and stuff. But also the point of psychedelics is to assist your therapy, is to make yourself, not make yourself, but it's like make the client more open to their emotional experiences. Mm -hmm, And, mm -hmm. you know, if you're just sitting in your room taking a ketamine tablet
0: Maybe that maybe that's right for someone. Yeah. But I will say that they do think... have guides. They do try to match their their patients with I that's the thing. I, I hesitate to say like patient or client because they are patients. They have doctors there, but it really seems to me like a client customer relationship. And that's that's another like issue I have with telemedicine of today because I think a lot of it kind of bypasses maybe the the typical protocol and you're matched with like an integration guide who may or may not have training. Yeah, I think it's way too
1: standardized. Mm -hmm. I think your health is so individual, you know, Mm -hmm. and like I said, Mm -hmm. for some people taking a ketamine tablet in the safety of their home is what's going to make them feel comfortable enough to Mm -hmm. pursue that um, area of medicine and therapeutics. But for others, it might not be right. And I think that's my issue with telemedicine in the psychiatric field is you just have like this small appointment. And I mean, I'm not super familiar, but it doesn't seem like it's very personalized. And it doesn't seem like if the person's not sat right in front of you, of course, the doctor is probably not going to, you know, view you as an individual. He's probably just going to view you as another another patient and this goes yeah. back to i think a big issue with internet therapeutics and virtual therapeutics is it's more difficult to build that individual relationship that is so conducive to healing mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. treatment you know it's so much more difficult to build a connection because that is essential mm-hmm. in or to me it was essential and that goes back to the individualization of therapy and treatment. Like for some people, they don't want that. They don't like internet and online therapeutics work so well for them because they don't have to face someone else. True. Um, yeah. They can just be, they can just work on themselves in their own space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, let's circle yeah.
0: back around. I, I want to talk more about, let's just like exclude the the psychiatric and medicinal part of it and just look at like straight up like either zoom therapy where you're talking to a therapist or online resources because those are also two distinct ways of accessing therapy online, online. Therapy. yeah yeah so it, tell me more because i don't know a ton about the efficiency of apps like headspace yeah. or or other like therapeutic apps
1: So I wouldn't really, so there is stuff like Headspace and um, Calm and stuff like that. And I would not consider those evidence-based treatments, Mm -hmm. if I'm honest. I think those are great for meditation and they're great tools, I guess. But there are apps that are designed for therapy. Um, there was one that I used before called Yuper or Yoper. I used it when it was just like early development. Mm-hmm. And now I think it's like fully established. And it was it was very much like what my therapist would do of mm-hmm. like, what are your thoughts right now? What mal- What is maladaptive about these thoughts? Like, can you identify any um, thought patterns that may be like just very CBT of like, what are your thoughts? What's not constructive about these thoughts? How can you reframe them? Mm-hmm. How are you feeling before? How are you feeling now? Blah, 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 blah. And I think for someone who has never done CBT or doesn't really know that much about it, it's a great way to get introduced to it and start thinking about different ways to think. And there's programs as well that are like a couple days or even like 12-week programs. Mm-hmm. And those have shown huge efficacy. I was reading a review article today and it had only positive things to say like all of the evidence is super positive about those specific programs that are tailor-made to be therapeutic, mm-hmm. you know. Um obviously again I it I'm just such an advocate that therapy is so personal and that what works for someone doesn't work for someone else. Yeah. And for me that would never work. You know, I needed my therapist to guide me and support me and witness me you know Mm -hmm. i needed her to see me cry for me to feel validated um and there's there's a quote in this book i'm never gonna stop talking about conversations on love it is such a good book i still need to read it it's so good and it's so mainstream so i thought it was gonna be so bad um one second let me find it okay take your time sorry (laughs) Oh, here we go. It says, witnessing is a treatment and a form of love. And I completely agree with that. Like to just have someone be privy to your experiences for me is super validating and super healing. Mm -hmm. But for other people, it might bring up feelings of shame or guilt or make them feel like a burden. And so maybe not having a therapist, but having access to therapeutic modalities would help them.
0: I would agree with that. I would agree that I'm also fully on board with the idea that therapy is completely individual. And so what helps one person, like one type of therapy is not going to work for some people and is going to work for other people. Uh, So I think that there is, I think that this happens to come at at a good time in terms of the fact that people kind of were locked in their houses for the most part. And maybe even if they wanted to find a therapist that was restricted. And so this kind of maybe opened up some doors that were previously closed. Uh, But I also, I feel like there is like a caveat, which is I just, I think a lot of other companies kind of capitalized on the fact that Once again, we're trapped in our homes and we don't have our normal access to resources. And also just an overarching issue, which is the trouble of finding a therapist that's covered by insurance or that is specialized in your area. It's very difficult often to, to find the right fit. That's what this review article, it's by
1: Kumar and colleagues. And it was published in 2017, so it's quite old now. Um, but it was saying that an, a positive aspect of online-based, internet-based treatments is that it can reach rural areas, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, and it increases access to lower socioeconomic status people, stuff like that. Yeah,
0: I, I think, and then I think in terms of yeah, where where the business model kind of comes in and and some of the stuff up too is where they try to scale too fast and so i Mm -hmm. mean i was talking about that with the sort of telemedicine um psychiatric resources but i think that that could potentially even be said about the sort of online like therapy matching where there's just so many people who are trying to access it they don't have enough uh you know providers to kind of match yeah. the demand, so I I think that there there is definite there's definite benefits, but I think that what I've heard from a lot of people's reviews of the specific online therapy like non insurance uh, therapy matching has kind of been bad reviews. Just I I think mainly because of the, the issues of scale. Yeah,
1: I think it's interesting. I've noticed that you keep coming back to the pandemic Mm -hmm. and talking about this in relation to the pandemic, which is interesting for me because I view online therapy and Internet-based treatments, I view them as up and coming with the the rise in mental health awareness back Mm. in like 2016
0: or something Mm -hmm. like
1: that. And I had I hadn't honestly hadn't even thought about um, the impact of the pandemic on these modalities, and mm-hmm. I guess it makes sense with psychiatry because I hadn't heard of telemedicine before the pandemic. Yeah, um, but yeah, I think definitely this capitalization on therapy and mental health has been huge in the last decade. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. But now also I want to talk about mental health influencers and TikTok Ooh. and Ooh. Instagram.
0: Think about it. All of the influencers are the ones who are promoting things like BetterHelp and like mm-hmm. Headspace and what is the other what yeah. is the other like BetterHelp ones like talk. It's not talk space, oh, but the it's, talks, I think it is it's it talk space. Let me Google. Someone like Michael Phelps was the spokesperson for for a number of years i think it is talk space i'm not up.
1: yeah talk space okay i was right
0: then <laughs> but now with as you were saying like influencer marketing they have a much bigger reach because everyone follows probably some influencer or some influential person and so yeah. now they can use their platforms to advocate for therapeutic resources um which once again kind of yeah which links back to issues of of scaling but yeah i, I what did you want to add about about like the influencer culture oh, i have
1: so much it's not like all influencers but like specifically just the amount of false information that gets spread from yeah like It goes back to what we were saying last time that like when things go viral, they don't go viral with the why did I just go like Southern (laughs) viral things going viral (laughs) viral Um, when things go viral, they don't go viral with the research behind them. Mm -hmm. And so things just get oversimplified. But also, like, who's that man that you sent me? Therapy Jeff. Yeah. Um i did i'm not sure he's a real therapist because who knows one of his one of his well that's another thing is like anyone can call themselves a therapist Mm -hmm. and like i love people who make fun of that who are like this is my advice as like a trained clinician and it's like text your ex (laughs) like there's some really bad advice yeah um but yeah he was like 10 things to do before you decide to marry your partner and one of them was go kayaking.
0: <laughs> no, you're kidding me. You're kidding me. Yeah. This is not real. One of them,
1: was, one of them was go kayaking. The other one was like be around each other when you're hungry. <laughs> Something like
0: that. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Now this is um, some real therapy.
1: Yeah. Yeah, but just like like it goes back also to why psychology is not
0: taken seriously because oh completely completely people like that come on give it a bad name and the weird thing is okay like everyone stands therapy Jeff do they really people do people are like this is my like therapy Jeff saved my life (laughs) what girl (laughs) okay okay Jeff Um, Gunther LPC which is a licensed what what is LPC? i don't know
1: <laughs> oh counseling he's a counselor licensed professional
0: counselor mm. and so then that, honestly, that means he I've went to he went to a deg- an at least a one or two year degree program to become a to become a counselor yes a counselor. So is-
1: yeah well no you can get a phd in counseling I don't want this to be a counseling psychology bashing moment, but no no no. I no. don't I don't want this to be a psychol a counseling psychology bashing moment, but I have had it explained to me so many times the difference between between therapy and counseling and I don't get it. I don't understand what counseling psychology is. I think it's just like a bit I don't know. I think it is a I bit more of therapy Jeff stuff of less like Mental,
0: I I think like but think about like licensed marriage and family counselors like those are that's like a big majority of the kind of therapists that you go see like what are they called? Oh, yeah, family. I guess my I think mine I, is. I I don't know. I don't know. anyway I, mean, I also don't know technically what a counselor is, but I'm sure there are many good th- counselors. Therapy Jeff, I don't think is among them. Therapy Jeff have, has two million. TikTok followers. Let's see what is he saying what, to get two okay. million followers. Well, let's That's, see. I'm he, sorry.
1: this is this is how you stop gaslighting yourself.
2: This is how you stop gaslighting yourself. Instead of thinking I'm probably just being super sensitive, be like I love how sensitive I am. It's one of my most attractive qualities. It allows me to experience the full range of emotions. Is the perfect guidance system and proves I'm not dead inside. Instead of thinking this is the wrong way to feel, be like actually. There is no wrong way to feel unhealthy.
0: That's actually kind of
1: good advice.
0: I mean, it's not bad. <laughs> it's not bad advice, but there is no wrong way to feel, quote unquote, uh, oh, okay, thank you, Captain Obvious. Like, <laughs> uh, I
1: know, but some people need to hear that,
0: you know? No, I know. I know. But that's what I'm saying. It's like, I don't know. It's like, first of all, it's the most basic therapy tenets that you could ever, ever espouse. Then it's him trying to be funny. Yeah, and to me, it's not funny. I know many people probably find him funny, so yeah, sorry maybe. to those people. but
1: let's pick a let's pick a more rogue, rogue one. Two questions I like to ask at the end of a good third date. That is so specific.
2: <laughs> let's see if I'll ever use at these. The end of a good third date that maybe you want to ask your date first. How do you like to date? We don't have to be on the same page, although it's nice if we are. It's just really about setting expectations. But I want to know how much do you want to text? How often do you want to hang? What pace works for you emotionally, physically? Stuff like that so we're not flying blind and we can meet some of each other's early needs. And second, can I offer you any reassurance? I'm probably pretty excited about you if we've had a good third date. And I'm happy to offer reassuring words about how much I like you, how attracted I am to you, how much I enjoy our banter, the uncertainty of the first
1: All right. Um, okay, I also want yeah, that to that he's wearing a Buddha shirt. Like he's wearing a shirt with a Buddha on I'm it, Buddha. but like a cartoon of Buddha. Is. Of course. I don't but know. Like I like, get that. I get how that is like probably good conversation to have, but you will never- Not, in those, words, not yeah, in those words though. Not in those words. Like
0: I, I really hate that we're trying to teach people therapy talk. I I don't like it. I, I am very yeah. uncomfortable with like, I mean, you've you've probably seen as well, like I, I've seen a lot of discourse around there was some other TikTok tock uh, therapist who is like, this is how you do a friend breakup. And it's like, I'm sorry, I don't have space for the energy that our friendship takes. I'm like, just like at that point, I just please ghost <laughs> me like I don't want to have that conversation <laughs> like, you know, yeah. I can't make the space for you anymore okay, leave. I I don't know. I just, (laughs) there's the door. (laughs) I don't like the fact that we're trying to like teach therapy talk to have people do friend breakups. I don't know. It just, it, it runs me the wrong way. It's also like, especially
1: normalizing therapy talk removes the individualized aspect of therapy. Like maybe this lingo is not, doesn't sit well with you, but you feel like, oh, I have anxiety. I need to speak this way. I think that it's amazing that now everyone can have access to knowledge mm-hmm. <laughs> you know everyone can there's such a community of amazing therapists who are making research accessible to people and yeah that was one thing that I really wanted to do as a part of like psychology honor society in college was mm-hmm. make the research of how to take care of yourself accessible to people and show people that like this is this is real, you know, therapy is real. Yeah. Um, and it's
0: doable. It's like there's so many things that you can implement in your life that have scientific backing that will kind of get you to have better daily practices, better um, yeah. self-talk, all of that. Yeah, exactly. Um, but there's
1: just things like the people who I don't know, just take it a little bit too far out of context and make it therapy jeff like not very scientific and yeah. that's that upsets me as well because like it takes a lot to advance therapeutic research it's not just like this didn't just all happen overnight and mm-hmm. so yeah i don't know yeah yeah <laughs> I just feel a bit defeated. Yeah, I just feel defeated a little bit. I know. Um, Where where is
0: the hope? We need to like. I do we have any hope to offer our listeners, or is this just?
1: No, there's definitely hope. Like if you feel like you want to maybe dabble in therapy, like if you've never done therapy before and you don't know what to expect, I think online based or internet based treatments. Sorry, it 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 is like the that modality is called internet-based mm-hmm. CBT or internet-based mindfulness treatments and stuff. Mm-hmm. I think it's a great way to start exploring and a great mm-hmm. way to start thinking about yourself and definitely seeing what works because also a huge aspect of therapy is knowing what type of therapy works well for you. Yeah. So, so I if think, you
0: think that's the yeah. point is like to do your research on it before you just like don't use your favorite influencers 10% off code for better help. <laughs> like do a little yeah, bit wait, of research. Okay. We didn't all, even talk there. about,
1: we didn't talk about the issues with better help and them.
0: I think, I mean, I didn't specifically say those ones, but when I was talking about like the issues of scale, clients finding the right fit and all that, I think better help was a one that struggled a lot with that. Probably Talkspace as well. It's, it's just the fact that, There's so many people who are trying to access it because they can't access um, therapists otherwise. And then Mm -hmm. I think there's also a problem with how much – like I don't think they compensate their therapists well enough. I would have to do the research on that, but I don't think they do. And so they're really – like the therapists are really overworked um, and they don't typically pay good attention to their – patients okay yeah I thought because yeah. they have too many things on their plate so I, I, I that's not that's not that. I, I don't want to say it's universal but that's the complaints that I've heard about it yeah interesting I mean yeah that's such a shame
1: I do mm-hmm. think that this I think internet therapy it has a lot of potential yeah um it just has a long way to go. It has a long way to go and I think it's being neglected a little bit. I think, mm-hmm. oh, there was something that I wanted to talk about. I think new age internet and online therapy is virtual reality therapy and I'm fascinated by it. It's so interesting. It's used for phobias. It's used for anxiety. It's used mm. for eating disorders, Um, eating disorder treatment. It's so cool. Like, I'm not someone who's big into virtual reality. I like I'm kind of scared of technological advancement, but it's utility within mental health is unequivocal. Like, yeah, so cool.
0: It's actually I, I talked very briefly about that for my sort of my dissertation. I guess you could call it. I had to present like a sort of oral dissertation about mm-hmm. how what i had studied in my master's degree applied to like what I wanted to do and what I learned, et cetera. So I kind of used different examples of how the media affects the way we consume the news and the news cycle and international events. And one of the things I brought up was that the UN is actually using virtual reality and like, um, yeah, I guess like virtual reality films to kind of put you in the position of like a Syrian refugee or like someone like, yeah, like someone living in a refugee camp or someone living in a war zone to get you to have like more empathy. To Increase empathy. People. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's and sick. I know. It was really interesting. So it was something that I brought up because it's such a new, like such a novel way to use this sort of what we think of as kind of like a gaming device but yeah. to actually expose people to to what's happening outside of the world that they know. So That's yeah, I think cool. there's really interesting like implications of, of how VR is going to be used. Yeah, amazing. Well,
1: any concluding thoughts? What where, What are we going to leave the people with? Because we had quite a debate.
0: Yeah, I guess we can leave people with like there's a lot of information out there. There's a lot of resources out there, which is great because the more resources there are, the more potential you have. However, it does get kind of confusing um, to debate. Okay, where where do I access my mental health? Uh, my mental health resources. Where can I access medicine? And I would always recommend people go to like a real in person doctor if they want to have any sort of medication. I think that's just a general good rule of thumb. Just just try to make informed decisions. And (laughs) we will link some of our findings in the show notes because that might help some people.
1: Yeah. I would say also do what's best for you. Trust Mm -hmm. your intuition. If something feels right and feels good, follow it. If something feels forced and unnatural, maybe it's not right for you the internet doesn't know best for you, but it can lead you down the right path. Take yeah, care of yourself a, and take care of your of mind. Guidance. Yeah. Yeah. And just yeah, take care of yourself. <laughs> do you have anything that you're gonna do this week to take care of your mind?
0: Um a good question. I've been really wanting to this I I haven't I haven't done like yoga in a while and I really enjoy it and I can do it in my room like technically there's enough space um cuz I really want to start like working on handstands um Ooh. or like shoulder stands cuz I I it's like kind of a use it or lose it skill other than that like hanging out with friends honestly I like being social and and spending time around other people is so crucial to my mental health if I stay alone yeah. too long it's no bueno. So, um, yeah. I'll be hanging out with friends and yes. yeah, that's, that's my, those are, those are my modalities. What about you? Um, I'm not drinking this week. Okay. Which dry <laughs> know- one week of February.
1: <laughs> yeah. We're, I'm doing dry, dry week of February. Dry mid February. <laughs> <laughs> but I have like Like, I'm going to – I'm seeing Tom Mish's bassist on Wednesday.
0: Wait, what is that? Um,
1: Like, do you know Tom Mish, the singer? I guess the name rings a bell. Okay. His bassist is playing a free show. So we're going to go watch that. And then we usually go to the pub quiz on Thursdays. So I have events where drinking will be a possibility, but I'm not going to. Um, So, yeah, I'm doing dry week of February – fifth. <laughs> it's more, more f- for you, I
0: feel like it's more just like rehydration week. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I just I
1: need a break. Like I said, I felt so much better when I was drinking less. Mm-hmm. Um and now that I'm not working, I have way more opportunities to drink. So yeah. I think just being mindful of how much I'm consuming and stuff yeah. will be helpful
0: wonderful yeah <laughs> you're nice. gonna you like held the mic out i thought you're gonna be like mic drop <laughs> dry february yep that's that's uh, what i have to say
1: after yeah, yeah. anyway don't okay. call me the model of hell
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh well yeah i'll be avoiding therapy jeff and Yet. I mean, I honestly I need the, the thing that I need to do for my mental health like is like stay off TikTok and tra- yeah just, like, I want to decrease my screen time as we've I talked really... about I have a bad relationship with how much screen time I have me too I've
1: like checked my phone throughout recording this podcast too and I'm like why I'm focused and I'm present here yeah um I don't know why I like constantly need to check if I have a notification I don't it's em- yeah it's it's empty <laughs> She empty. Uh, She empty. Anyway. Um Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. Okay, I
0: will I'll see you on the flip side.
1: Yeah, Um, catch on the
0: flip side. And that's good.